people that were looking at God for answers, that were really in a place where there was commotion surrounding their life, where whether it's jobs or finances or relationship or school or whatever it is in your life, that God is after your heart in that place. And He's after your desire. He's after your trust in that place. God is not wants to, doesn't want to be the second call you make in the place of hardship. And He's after that place. That's what you were created for. That place of uh, reliance and relationship with Jesus. God so longs for us as His people to come to Him. Simply. That sounds so simple, right? But for some reason, human tendency is to run to so many other things. Make a phone call to that trusted friend. And it might be a godly counsel. It might be someone in your life that you know you, you do run to. That it's necessary for you to run to. But what is the thing in our heart? What, where is the dependence? Where is the interdependence in our life? Where is that, where is that given to, right? And I think God is so jealous for that place. That's where God is glorified the greatest. Where He can show up most powerful, most sovereign in your life. Where you can see the clarity of who He is in your life and who He wants to be in your life. It takes great steps of faith sometime to see the great levels of triumph in your life. Sometimes it takes us to get that epic testimony, to take epic steps of faith, to give ourselves to that place. It's hard, guys. I mean, it's easy to say from here. But I know from experience, many of you guys know from experience, it's hard to surrender yourself to that. Especially, especially when I might have to foreclose on my home or I might have to lose my job or my girlfriend or my boyfriend, husband, wife, whatever it is. Real situations, real emotions, right? Things we identify with that pressure our hearts. And I get it, but I want to encourage you tonight, whoever, all of us, right? Come on, I think at one time or another. Encourage us all to... Press in to Jesus. He wants to be all that you're looking for for your life. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Wednesday night. Two, two things. One of the main subjects I want to talk about tonight is justification and sanctification. Uh, I think that it's one of these major topics. It's a foundational truth. It's really an elementary truth in the faith. But I think sometimes we, we muddle the lines and so it's hard to receive one or the other or both of them uh, uh, when the lines are muddled between justification and sanctification. What Christ did at the cross for you, and then what the result of that, of the in-living uh, reality and presence and Spirit of God in us, and what that looks like as an outplay from that place. And I think it's so necessary for the body of Christ, from my own life, and I've seen it necessary, for us to understand what it means to be justified by faith. But before I get in, that's the main message. I just wanted to highlight something that happened Wednesday night. Show of hands. Who was here Wednesday night? Especially a little early, like 6.30, we had a little briefing meeting. And uh, we started just talking, and Daryl just started exhorting us. And there was something that was on him that was getting on us, just from him sharing. And uh, we just got into this time of real intercession where we started hungering for God. God, wake our hearts up. Because you know what? Church, religion... Some of us have been walking with the Lord for so many years. Familiarity comes in subtly, not always so, so, so drastic in our lives. But religion, just that whole religious mindset can, can, can come in and can harness and even quench the Spirit of God. And it's so necessary, I think, at times to, constantly, uh, at times to, to introspect. Search my heart, God. Know me. I want to be awake in this time, God. All throughout Scripture I'll get into is that that is a constant exhortation throughout Scripture from men of God from old that said, be alert, be awake, be sober-minded. 
Now is the time for you to be awakened from your slumber. God's coming is nearer now than when you first believed. And there's this real thing in the body called spiritual fatigue. I thought it was a, a little uh, phrase I heard uh, one time and I didn't really get it. I understood that sometimes I didn't have all the motivation to read my Bible, all the motivation to pray when I thought I was supposed to pray. And I was just like, you know what? It's just a good fight of faith and struggling. And then there was times where there was this really resistance to the place of devotion with God. The foundation reality of our existence, right? The devotion, the place of communion with Jesus. And um, the Lord just started to bring me into a journey. And I, I just loved what it, I'm going to share a testimony of where I encountered that thing for real for the first time. And a parallel God showed me. And how prevalent this issue really was in His body. Especially here in Western culture where so many things are trying to harness the attention and focus. And try to delve down the Spirit of God in men. Where we look to so many other resources that are so readily available to us. Regardless of what class you're in. Right? I was reading online, this little side note, my brother showed me this website and it's basically about salaries and where your standing is in, in the national, or not national, world population of human existence. I don't know how to say it, that's the best I can say. Right? So the population of the whole world and if you make $15,000 a year, you're richer than 95% of the rest of the world. $15,000 a year, reality check, we get so... Yeah. So, so caught up in our, in our lifestyles and our desires, our wants, and so many different things. And we put on pedestal these things that we so desire and so long for. I'm not, not saying they're inherently evil, but I'm just saying what, what we give so much attention and focus to, guys, is, is it, it's birthed sometimes at a wrong perspective. Don't know how we got there. That's good. <laughs> Wednesday. Okay, so a testimony. I was working for a company, a chimney company, right? That's what I do, some of you guys know. Uh, years ago, I was working for a chimney company, and we had a group of guys who were hungry for God. We'd get together, we'd drink some coffee in the morning before, like half hour early, uh, and we'd just talk, you know, hang out. All of a sudden, God really started to tug on our hearts, really just, just in a real, uh, 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 real um, organ organic way, you know, just started to just simply pull on us. No good ideas. No one said, hey, let's go pray, but God just pulled us all to the place of prayer where we started taking those half hour hours in the morning which turned into two hours coming in at six o'clock in the morning before work with these five guys and just starting to call up for God we want more of you simple prayers weak prayers we want more of you in our life God there's got to be more than what we see God I read all this scripture I hear all these testimonies God I want to step into that God I want to experience the greatness of God this little Jesus I need a new car type of Christianity wasn't doing it for me. Right? Genie in the bottle. Hey, God, I command you to break into my finances. God, I command you to break into my... Whoa. We need a perspective. We do, guys, continually. We need perspective change of who God is and who we are as humans. Right? Has anyone ever heard of Lou Giglio? Yeah. This is an amazing video I just watched of Lou Giglio. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I encourage you guys, write that name down, really. This is... There's going to be a couple YouTube. Yeah, seriously, go on YouTube. I think it's called, he did something called the Indescribable Tour. And he basically just got taken on an adventure ever since he was a young kid into the great expanse of astronomy and what it looked like. The, the, I'm not even going to pretend that I can use the articulation on this subject that he had. But basically, he got into 
base, what light years were, and the Hubble, tele, the Hubble telescope, what the, the images they were seeing, and how far away they were, and just basically blowing apart our mindset of our little world and how big the universe surrounding it is, and how great our God is ultimately. Just, just really giving understanding to them. I mean, it blew my, blew my mind, and um, and um, geez. and um, <laughs> yeah, it's just a problem I have. Just a problem I have. <laughs> Anyways, that's what we were hungry for in the prayer. From these with these four or five guys, we'd get into this thing we called the shack. We built it after hours. It was just this outdoor place, and we got in at six in the morning. We started to cry out for God. God, there's got to be more of you. You who created the heavens and the earth. It says He measures the expanse of the heavens in His hand. And then we see this imagery of how big the creation of God is, and understanding how little we are, and how great He is, but the the great longing and desire He has for humanity, that He knows us by name, He knows the number of hairs on our head, how much He 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 He, he knows us by name, but He fashions and forms us individually in the womb of our mother. It's just a it was a great, real, just grassroots hunger for God that was coming out of this house, and what happened out of it was. Praying on every job that we were going to. We were going doing these jobs, and we were going in believing for salvation, believing for healing. Our boss was fully endorsing us to go in and pray for people in wheelchairs, saying, you can get up out of your wheelchair today. And uh, we saw some we saw some cool stuff. Kick them over and then run. Get out of your wheelchair. Can't. Yes, you can. No, can't. Yes, you can. You believe. It's your lack of faith. No. And, uh, <laughs> But anyways, just hungry for God. So one of these experiences we had, I knocked on the lady's house. We were just there to do a fireplace sweep, right? And uh, this lady came to the door. She was like 40, you know, young, 40, 45 years old. And uh, she just, first words out of her mouth to me. She's like, oh, I'm so, so sore. I'm, I'm so, uh, I'm so sore. I'm so tired and sick. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, oh, really? Wow, I'm so sorry to hear that. She like takes the same walk in the house. Three within five minutes. She, she brings this up to me three times. So we start, we go through our normal thing, and I just start talking to her. I said, so what's going on? What, what's, I have this chronic fatigue disorder, and, and I have an issue with my hip, and this chronic fatigue disorder affects every so much of my life. I can't even leave my house now. If I get sick, I'll be ruined for months. It's that bad right now. And she was huddling in. They had her on such strong pain medications. It was just blurring everything. Then it started to come out just out of this, this, this conversation. I, I just was like, ask her what she believes. I knew there was something there. And I said, what do you believe? She goes, oh, that's interesting you ask. Because I believe that uh, it's a little different. It might freak you out. She says, I believe that, uh, you know, see my picture of my grandmother there? I talk to her. My dead relatives. I call on them for, for healing and for energy and strength and for... And for, um, for guidance in my life. And I was thinking in my head, man, this is not working for you, lady. You <laughs> haven't left your house in three months. <laughs> Come on. You know, but it's, it's just everything that was going on. She found herself in this place of desperation, really. And there was sympathy in my heart for her in this place. Because I saw sincere longing not to live this way. She had kids seeing her. So I just said, well, listen, this might sound crazy, but we get together in the shed in the morning. And we pray. We pray for the people that we're going to. We believe it's not by coincidence or chance that we show up to people's houses. We, I believe God can heal you from this. And I said, I simply want to pray. And all of a sudden, the garage door, my husband's coming home. I said, well, and she goes, and he had a really bad, she just whispered to me real quick. And, we, and he said a really bad experience with the church. 
And I said, oh, okay. And she, so I just kind of stopped. We kind of wrapped up the conversation. Never got to pray for And when we were leaving, I just kind of turned to her in front of her husband and just said, no, it's like, well, uh, Misty, I'll be praying for you. And I got in the truck and instantly in my heart, a little seed dropped in my heart. This little idea. I call it an impression. An impression from the Holy Spirit. He spoke to me and said, fast, fast for her. And I was just like, oh, i got family members that are unsaved, God, come on. <laughs> fast. And, and I said, well, Lord, because it was subtle, I said, Lord, confirm this to me. Simply, if you want me to fast for her, God, I am willing. I'm putting my willingness out there. You need to confirm it to me. I will, I will fast food for her. For, and I had it in my heart 14 days, right from that moment. I, I will do this. And uh, sure enough... I go home throughout the whole day. It's like eight o'clock. My sister Wesley is up from she ministers down in New York with this thing, with this ministry. She was sharing some testimonies with my mom's. It's like ten o'clock at night. I show up there, filthy. It's a long day, and I'm sitting there listening. And I'm like, ah, oh, God's not calling me to fast for this lady. <laughs> no confirmation. And then all of a sudden, literally, literally at eleven o'clock at night, a friend of mine, Joseph, came to me and said. Noah, remember Sunday how I said I had something to share with you? And then when I went to share it, I stopped myself and said, Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to share that right now. Because I feel like I'm supposed to share this with you right now. And I said, Oh, my God, what the heck? I'm like, Hold on, we got 10 minutes. I'm going down the road. Get till tomorrow. The day is going by. Uh, and I said, what is it, Joe? He's like, listen, I'm on a 14-day fast right now with the Lord, and I know you're supposed to engage on some level in a fast for 14 days. And I said, Joe, thank you, man. I love you. Uh, you know, I repented. Some, some hard issues going on. No, not really. It was actually exciting when he said that to me because I knew the grace of God was on it. I knew that it was the purposes of God were surrounding this thing. And I was like, yeah, God, you're getting ready to do something. Sure enough, I go home. I share with my wife. She thinks I'm, you know. She thinks I'm awesome for it, and uh, <laughs> and uh, so I go and I and I um, basically go into work the next morning. And say, hey guys, to my boss and to, and to some of the, to the guys at work. I said, guys, uh, I'm going on this fast for this lady. We need to in the mornings. We need to make this a target point. I said, I just know that there's she's evoking the dead. We know what it says about that in the Bible. She's literally evoking demons in that place that are presenting themselves as old past relatives. This is something that's happened throughout all history. People have built cultures and they've built um, uh, religions around this concept of evoking dead relatives and dead people around there. And I've encountered a bunch of people like that in my Christian walk. But uh, I said, guys, we need to just pray that the deliverance of God. He goes, oh, that's funny. That lady called yesterday. Yesterday and said, we're going back there to do the job quarter. Go find out when we're going back. When were we going back? 14 days, 14 days from that day. Uh, so I was like, Lord, Lord, you are doing That's something. Crazy. I know, guys, this sounds exciting. Just wait, just wait till how hard this gets, this That's testimony. Cool. This is, and it is, it's true. God was endorsing my heart with excitement, with passion, with faith. He was getting a foundation of something that wouldn't be able to be shaken. Because something was going to come against that word, right? So I, so I engaged it with, with full throttle, and I'm like, whoa, this lady's going to get saved, she's going to get healed, all these things. And um, so we're praying, we're, literally, there's so much grace on praying for this lady in this morning. Mm -hmm. We're getting, you know, guys are shutting their eyes. I remember this kid, he got a, a clear vision of, of just us walking on our property and putting a stake with a flag and a cross on it. I know it's kind of cool descriptive language, but it was literally taking back and just making a claim on her life and a claim on her property and her family. What the enemy was intending for evil, God was going to raise up a testimony out of it to affect people in her life and I didn't know the scope of that until we went back
So anyways, they started going into it. All of a sudden, I had, a, I had a son who was a year old at the time. And he started to wake up. Some of my family members know this. He started to wake up in the middle of the night. Aaron, I've never done this before. Screaming bloody murder. <sighs> Taking him, squeezing me in the bathroom, two in the morning. I got to a point so frustrated. I was like, Elijah, what are you doing? There's nothing wrong. Just six, seven, eight days in a row. And we're just like, I'm like, oh, God, there's warfare. We just started recognizing warfare on this thing. But at that, I'm telling you, originally it's how dumb I am or dull I am to God. I didn't recognize it as that. I was just like, just getting frustrated. What is going on? Why can't he sleep? i got to go to work the next morning. Then all of a sudden, God started to come in and just saying, you're engaging in warfare over this lady. There are spiritual things taking place around this lady that are backlashing against what you're doing. And I was just like, whoa, hard concept. I don't know if there's any new believers in here or new people. That might be a hard concept, but there was a reality that was manifesting itself. And that was just the first little trickle of it. My wife, halfway through, I'm just going to do some quick bullet points. So I don't take too much time on this testimony, but some bullet points. My wife was driving in the middle of that fast, and she literally had to pull over. She was so sick, she started throwing up everywhere. She wasn't pregnant again. And she was just, just laid out. No, I can't even move. I don't know. I have not felt sick all day, all of a sudden. And we knew at this point... Um, because of the night terrors my son was having, nightmares my wife was having, this wasn't common stuff. This was stuff that was all coming to the head at a, at a certain point in time, right? And um, I just, we just took authority over it. Literally like that, she got up completely. No more feeling of the flu, no more feeling of anything. Wow. She's like, God was doing something, right? He was getting our attention. One night, my son, towards the end, we've been going strong on this thing. Going strong on this thing. Uh, praying and fasting for this lady and uh, one night my son woke up again and he was just grabbing his leg he was screaming and we were just thinking what is going on I got so discouraged like, God put it on me why is my family and I was getting none of this back like, why is my family suffering the backlash of this thing God do something you're God do something break in with your power you, you created all things with the breath of your mouth, God. You have full authority over these things, God. Break in. My wife, she's, you know, very, it, it was a hard, I can't express the emotions of the time, of this, of, of all these things that were surrounding this, and I'm, you know, I know I'm forgetting a lot of these things that were surrounding it. Um, and she just said, no, I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray. I was like, Amy, I'll stop this fast. I'll stop this fast. Not worth it to see my family going through this. Um, and then all of a sudden she started to pray and she's just like, Noah, I just got peace come over me so strong. And this Jason Upton song just keeps going through my head. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Noah, I'm giving you the grace from your family to continue this. And I needed that. I needed her to say that to me. And I just took that and I said, God, in tears, I'm willing, God, to do this. You know, whatever little thing we're doing here. There better be fruit at the end. <laughs> but willing to walk this thing out here. And I went into work the next morning. I was still irritated at this thing. And I'm like, guys, we need to pray. Elijah woke up again, grabbing us. He was just, you know, it's, I'm sick of this. And they just started to sit down, Noah. You know, let's get some perspective on you. And they just started, you know, all these big burly guys. One guy's wearing a, the boss of 45 on his head. He's all tatted up. He's just like intimidated. He's like, I can't believe me. Anyways, they're praying on me, roaring. I mean, these guys weren't scared to pray. It wasn't, Jesus, we just play your blessing over. No, Come on. He was, go, we ask for the intervention of the Holy Spirit. Father, break in with heaven. You know, all this stuff. And all of a sudden, he said, Noah, I'm feeling this song coming on. The Lord is with you, my word. I didn't say a thing to him. I was like, yeah, God was just giving me faith in my heart. Right? There was just... We're in a revelation on this thing. God wanted this lady's heart. This is over one lady. 
This had nothing to do with the fast. This had something to do with this lady. God was longing for her and desiring. When she was rejecting him and running after other things, God was still saying, Oh, Misty, I love you. I love, I'm going to bring this service crew here who's asking for people just like you. I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to take you up out of ashes. I'm going to sit you and robe you with, with clothes of majesty. Right? That's what he does. So uh, we were encouraged. We kept going the day of. I wake up. I was just like, yeah, we're going to... We're going to battle the morning before we had this great prayer time about going into battle. We're going there soldiers. And it was just, we, I was young. This was exciting talk for us, right? Come on. We were just like, soldiers, yeah. Soldiers, so I, I literally, I, I had one of those little, little caps, a little soldier cap. I pumped up. Come on. Popped it on. I walk on, I'm like, I'm going into the battlefield today. Come on, guys. Come on. Why can't it be exciting? Come on, guys. You won't put camo gear on tomorrow. Walk <laughs> through Boston. Lord's on me. So I went in. I said, guys, this is it. I got in there extra early. I said, Brian, I, I just feel grace on this, man. There's a reason this has happened. In my heart, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting up the, the uh, fences or whatever, just those platforms to walk on in case anything that happened. I was like, you know what? The Lord's will is... It's going to happen regardless, even if we don't see any fruit today, you know. God, we're just sowing the seed. You know, it's just, just in case, you know. And we're just, but God, God knew my frail heart. Man, you know? God knew, God knew, God knew the weakness of my heart. But he was delighting over it. He's like, oh, son, I'm so happy because I've wanted this lady. And so happy for the partnership of, of, of Crown Chimney and all these, all these guys just joining in on this thing. And I just, the pleasure was on. I went into there. Uh, the prayer set that morning, I was sitting there early, and I was just thanking God for what He had done, that we got through the 14 days, and I just said, Lord, you got to speak to me one more time, and I opened up the Word just, just like this. That's not how you're supposed to read the Word, but, you know, oh my goodness, oh, chapter off, but, okay. Uh -huh. I opened the Word to Daniel 10, and it said, it talked about Daniel, who had been fasting and praying for 21 days, uh, and he was visited by an angel and said, uh, you know, I had a message for you 21 days ago. The Lord answered your prayer the first day. Hmm. I had this message, but I was held up by the principality, this, this spirit of Persia. I was held up from bringing this message to you. Hmm. But here it is. Here it is. And I just took it. I said, God, today is the day. God, that spirit, that angel of breakthrough is, is on us today. We're going in there. So we get there. I just praying in tongues the whole way because I didn't know what else to do. And uh, God knocked on the door. She's looking, hey, Noah. You know, oh, I'm feeling so sick today. I'm going to go up, do what you want to do. I'm going to go up, checks on the table. I'm going to go up and go to bed. I'll be sleeping by the time you leave. I'm thinking, no, God, this is not how this is ending. I'm not, so I'm saying, I could tell she was mis absolutely miserable. God, you know, please, please, whatever, you know, uh, keep this from happening. So I'm with a kid, too. This is, mind you, he's a new Christian. He just started going to church. He, he, was, he was loving Jesus because he started realizing that the presence of God was real, right? In times of worship like today, you know, sometimes I have a hard time even transitioning into preaching because I'm just like, let's just keep worshiping because he's worthy enough for just that. But anyways, um, he's with me and he's like, do you think something's going to happen? The whole time, he's eating in front of me like a BLT. He's like, dude, look how good this is. I'm like, come on, come on. I don't need that right now. He's like, well, man, I just, I feel bad if nothing happens, Noah. And so his eyes were on it, and that was another reason. I was like, God, you got to do something. You know, like, and he's watching. He's like, no, I told you. You could have been eating those BLTs with me all week. I told you. She's going to bed here. I'm going to see her. And I'm thinking, come on. So we do the work. We get it all done. All of a sudden, here she comes walking down the stairs. You know, no, I just couldn't sleep up there. 
oh, I'm so frustrated. And she's like not wanting to have a conversation. And I'm sitting there, I'm doing all the paperwork. I'm just saying, God, how am I supposed to bring this up? Like, how is this supposed to happen? I have no idea. This is so awkward. Hey, lady, I fasted for you for 14 days. <laughs> she saw me for 20 minutes. She saw me for 20 minutes the last time I talked to her. She probably doesn't even remember who I am. But I did. I, in the middle of it, I said, it's the only thing. I knew there was such racing in my spirit. Like Jeremiah said, I'm not trying to compare myself to Jeremiah, but he said, when the word of the, word, when the, word of the Lord was in him, it burned like fire that he couldn't even contain it. And that's what was happening in my heart. In a real way, there was this stirring going on. I'm saying, God, I, I won't live it down if I don't share right now. How, what is she going to do? She's, what, what's the worst that she's going to do? You know, uh, This will pass, and I'll go on and maybe be embarrassed for a couple minutes. But I just simply said to Misty, Hey, she paid, getting ready to say bye. I said, listen, I just got one thing to say. Uh, for the last 14 days, I've been fasting and praying for you since that conversation that God would heal you. Wow. And she just looked at me and said, what? And then she literally did, started crying. And she said, she knew what fasting was somehow. And she said, God, I, I can't believe someone would do that for me. And uh, I just said, listen, you know what? It's not even about that. It's about God is after your heart. You've been looking to these other things, right? You've been looking to uh, your dead relatives. And I said, this is going to be a hard statement for you. But what I understand from that is that you're evoking demons into your life that are bringing sickness and poverty, tiredness. You can't walk your hip in the spirit. And this chronic fatigue disorder got all jacked up that she couldn't walk right. And uh, it was devastating. Her emotions, all the medications, making her depressed all the time. And... Um, and uh, I said, God wants to uh, heal your body today. And she just said, I never, her response was, you don't know what you're talking about. Her response was, I never knew. God had softened her heart over those 14 days and said, I never knew that this is what was happening by doing this. And I just said, I just breathed a sigh of relief. And I said, well, listen, God is real. Jesus is real. I know you've probably heard things about him, but he's, he's real to the point where he's after you. He's called you by name, Misty. And he loves you this much that you take a complete stranger and convince him to go without food for 14 days for you. This is how much he loves you. Yeah. Enough to die on the cross for you. And uh, she simply, she just in tears said, I want Jesus in my life. My grandmother used to always tell me about Jesus. And I thought she was ridiculous. It was when I was 16, 17. I was so rebellious in California. I just did my own, own thing. She's like, but this, God is, God is clearly wants my heart. So I said, I don't have a prayer for you to pray, Misty. I just want you to pray. I want you to pray and talk to God. And you know what? The most amazing thing for me happened. She didn't say, God, I, I want you in my life. She started repenting for everything she'd ever done without anyone telling her to repent, without anyone telling her this is the steps to do it. God was saying, you're mine, Misty. This is, and she just felt the conviction, separation from God, started crying out. It was so heavy. The presence of God. You know, you some of you guys know me. I get a little, like, excited in the presence, right? Oh, God. Right? It's a good thing. It was so heavy in this room. I literally just put my head down, and I was groaning on the table. Whatever that sounds to you, I was just like, oh. She's going, God, I'm so sorry. My life, I've given it for 40 years to all this. You're real, God. God, forgive me for calling on dead relatives. Forgive me for, for rejecting my grandmother and speaking all those things. God, forgive me. God, my heart is so dark. All these things that I'm just going, oh, 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 so strong. And I was just like, God, you're, so, you're real. Like, I know he's real, but you're real, God. 
You're, you're really real. You're really sitting on a throne, God. You really do love people. You really do have a purpose. So, this doesn't happen. God, you did this. And it was just blowing me away. So this kid, right, he's sitting there watching. I don't know what's going on with him. I see him, I see him going like this. In the kitchen, I'm saying, what is going on with this guy? China's coming. That's a very nice China. And he's literally, and he sits down beside me, and he just has his hands, and his, and his, his head in his hands, and he's leaning down. I'm thinking, you know, this is definitely being a good thing, but don't let his mind. Don't, I think, I, in my mind, I thought he was rationalizing it. That was not what's happened, come to find out. But we, uh, we talked, and then it, while she was repenting, she kind of kind of was getting to the end of that, and just something came in me, and I said, Misty, repeat after me. I break every agreement with every demonic spirit. I, she started going, no! I break every demonic spirit! Oh, demonic agreement! And she just started breaking off these things, and there was articulation wow. to pinpoint things that have just wow. opened doors and avenues in her life. And you know what? It was real. Regardless of what your mind is telling you here and what your own theology tells you here today, God delivered a woman out of, out of this. We prayed for her body. She got up. Her face was all flushed out white when we got there in the time before. All the color had come back to her face. She said, I feel energy for the first time in a long time. I cannot believe Let me get my son down here. She pulls her son down here. You won't believe what just happened to me here. Remember this guy? No, he's like, Mom, I was playing Xbox. Like, I'm like, dude, this is cool than Xbox, man. Check it out. Listen to this. Listen. And, you know, and, uh, anyways, it was, it was awesome because instantly the fruit of knowing Jesus, she wanted to share it with somebody. She wanted to tell somebody, Jesus is real. Oh, my goodness, Jesus is real. It's not about the KJV. <laughs> is that right? KJV? Yeah, King James Version. It's not about religion. It's not about stories in a book. It's not about a good set of morals or standards to live by. There's a living God who created you for a purpose. And all that you're longing for in your heart, there might be some who don't know Jesus here today. I was praying to this week for that. That those who don't know Jesus, there might, there's something in your heart right now that's saying, Oh, I want to know Jesus like that. You're here for a reason today. Amen. I tell you right now that, that what's happening in your heart is not emotion. It's, not a, my, it's, it's your destiny. It's your calling Amen. to be a lover of God. To step into a place of relationship and devotion with Him. The rest will play out. The rest will look what it's like it's supposed to look like. God wants your heart. He wants your life. And I'm going to provide a time at the end. If there is anybody who wants that in their life, that this is like, yeah. Just to come up and we're just going to, we're just going to simply pray. And ask God to, to do what He's done in all our hearts here. And just breathe life and purpose. And give revelation for real beyond even this testimony. Something that is confirmed in, the, in your heart as something you were destined Amen. to. <coughs> Whole purpose of it is uh, I get in, get in the van and, and um, obviously... Cloud nine. She's she's feeding me. You've been eating. I mean, look at you. You're skinny as skinny as a rail. I'm like I'm skinny as a rail anyway. Like I'm a skinny dude. You know it's okay. And she's like, no, you gotta eat. I just made these muffins. They're that good. But it was the offering. Like, eat these muffins. Eat these muffins. Give me this. Give me that. And it was just like 
listen, listen, receive. It's it's about you today, yeah. Missy. We get in the car. I'm like ear to ear. I'm like, this is. I'm never going back, Lord. You know, like I'm all yours. You know, like this is awesome, God. I figured like the next day I was gonna the next job. Somebody was gonna be like, oh, I'm so sick, and I'm like, I'm gonna fast for you for 14 days. <laughs> and to see this stuff happen. So it's not so much about of just making something happen like that, right? Just want to clarify that. It's about just being sensitive and, and listening and yeah. just simply. It wasn't a thundering voice, Noah, and, and guess what, guys? Maybe once or twice in your life you'll get a thundering voice, but most of the time it's just an impression of the Holy yeah. Spirit, yeah. you know, that meets the willingness of a heart that's been asking for it. So simply put yourself in the place of asking, right? God, I want more. I want to see more. God, I know I'm called to more than, you know, Sunday morning. I want, I want you in my, in my workplace, all, these, all, the, all that type of understanding and anyways we got in the truck and we drove away and, and he's going I said what happened to you in there man you look like you were falling he's like Noah I felt God's presence in church before but I never felt what I felt in that room I almost fell into the china cabinet he said I was feeling such a strong pressure on me I had to sit down I literally was trying to stand up because I didn't know what to, he was so disoriented he said he had to sit down I think the kid got saved that day, honestly. <laughs> I think I got saved that day. <laughs> honestly. God's real, guys. Amen. God's real. I can't say enough. If we have one message here that we can take as the people of God, away from here, is that God's alive. He wants to do something with you. I don't know what it is, but He does, and He wants to show it to you. Will you give yourself to it? It's not a laborsome thing. It's not this big sacrificial message. It's God gave all for you. And he's got all the world in the palm of his hands. And he has destiny and purpose that was written in a book before you were even created for you to walk out. It's simply you saying yes to that, getting the pleasures of knowing you're walking in your God-given destiny and purpose for your life. It's simply coming into agreement. And you know what? Like Paul says, I consider these things rubbish. All these things that I boasted in and took confidence in and loved so much about me and about my, my, my life, they're rubbish. He even said, all my obedience in accordance to the law. He, he said he was faultless. And I'm going to read that part of this message. Paul said, according to the law, right, all the requirements of God, I was faultless. Whoa. Guy didn't sin according to the law. But he said, I consider even that rubbish compared to knowing you. That's good. And anyway, so the, the, the parallel from that was simply this, is that God spoke to me that night in a very profound way about how, about how the spirit of fatigue was plaguing the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that it was just like with her, with her hip, that it was uh, dis disabling them from walk the way they were called to walk. Disabling for them to get out of the four walls of their congregation and going to be who they're called to be. Being sick-minded, constantly introspective, constantly woe is me. Oh my goodness. Whatever, you fill in the blank. We all got it at some point or another in life. God is after, and it's, and it's a place that we did Wednesday night. We made a stand, I believe, over this company of people. And even if you're part of J-Hop and you weren't there Wednesday, we laid a stake in the ground for this company of people. That, that the spiritual poverty and fatigue of, of, our, of our own ability and our own strength and our own striving to get to know God has ended. That God's grace and God's purpose and destiny, prophetic calling over us as people, is coming into play by divine mandate, not of a purpose or intention of our own hearts, but something that He has set in motion out of the goodness of His sovereignty over us as the people of God. are simply saying yes to Him. Hope I'm making sense. I'm going to go, I'm going to read just a couple quick, anyone got their Bible? Let's raise up our Bibles. Good to bring your Bible to church. Come on. Talking about the guy in it. Come on. Jesus. <laughs> Saw about six Bibles. 
Romans 13.11. Let's read that one first. It's a good one. Thirteen, eleven. Do this, knowing the time, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep. He's talking to believers here, right? Do this, knowing this time, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep. For now, your salvation is nearer to you than when you first believed. The night is almost gone; the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside every deed of darkness and put on the armor of light. Come on. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness. Not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, but in, and not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lust. I'm going to talk about that for one quick second before I move on. Making no provision for the flesh, flesh guys, that's an intentional statement that Paul's exhorting to the Romans, to us. He's saying, what you're surrounding yourself to, the enticements, the places of habitual struggle, sin in your life, right? That he's saying, cut those areas off, those relationships that are not healthy. Regardless of how much you're trying to make it work, how much you're trying to convert or, or get somebody to adjust to your mindset so they're pliable enough that in your mind you're like, you know what, they're good, good enough for me to, to walk with. Guys, those ones that are around you or those things or the computers or the whatever it is, guys, that's causing you to fall into sin or the temptation of our lust, right? We need to separate ourselves from because, why? The time is short, Come Paul on. says. Come on. It's good. If we don't have a revelation of the time is short, then we live our life just meaninglessly. Right. You know, under right. the guise of Christianity, Amen. under the guise of religion, we're, you know, we're, we're doing the good thing. I'm telling people about Jesus. But you know what? If we don't have the urgency that was constantly portrayed throughout the Bible, the That's men good. and women of God, to, to, to understand the times and the seasons, you know, it's not even about, the, like a lot of times they were referring, Jesus is coming back soon, they would say. Right? So live in a life, man, or worthy of that calling, that you're a son and daughter of that. Live your life in an experience expression that way, in an urgency that Jesus coming back soon. But I even challenge you, beyond that, your life is short, guys. Yeah. Talk to old people, 80 years old. Their life flew by. I don't care what we think at 20 years old. It doesn't matter. People who've walked it out are saying, my life flew by, Noah. I gave myself to, what did I give myself? Man, I'm going to stand before Jesus soon. There's not, it's, not kind of, it's not about entrance or not entrance. Right? If there's genuine faith, it has nothing to do with salvation or not salvation. It's about you had an opportunity to give freely to the one who gave himself fully to you. Right? You had, you had, you had this short little lifespan of, if you're lucky, 60, 70, 80 years. If you're lucky, you have a, what, most of us, a third of that's gone. So it's not a message of regret because one thing we see throughout the whole Bible and the character of God is that He is a God of redemption. So whatever happened yesterday and the months prior to about today, put that stake in the ground. Make a move today. God, I want everything you intended for my life. You know what? I'm not talking about it means you're going to walk out of here and stand on a street corner, a thousand people are going to get saved, or you're going to enter into full-time ministry, you're going to become a monk or a nun or something weird like that. You know, which, hey, you know what? God might call you some of you to, to go away and go move to Africa. He does it. We see it happen. But I'm saying generally, God just wants the beginnings of this, guys, in your heart. Laying, cultivating the, the, the ground of your own heart. God, I just want more. God, I just want to do everything you have. I'm not going to stop doing my homework. I'm not going to 
stop whatever you guys are doing. But I'm just gonna, God, I'm just gonna start to ask. God, align me, open my eyes. God, if there's something else, or if this is it, I want to have the right posture. It's not about me, it's about you. Amen. Shoot, we could stop there, guys, and, and put our hearts on display before God for that very simple thing, uh, that, that we're God's and that He wants all of us. But we're not. We're going to go on a little bit more. If that resonated with some of your hearts, then good. At the end, we'll have a time to just respond. I do want to pray. I feel like, I feel like God wants to do something here today. I feel like, you know what, we have good times of prayer. I'm, I, you'll hear me preach 99 out of 100 times about process. It's good to come. It's good to get people to lay their hands on you and, and pray, and you agree, and then you leave, and then you move on. I, I think that's so necessary because it builds a, a continual uh, just focus in your life. But I also believe in a God who's able in a moment to break off and shatter religious constraints, right? Sin, habitual sin. I believe that God wants to do that for people tonight. Those things that you're like, God, I just want this done in my life. What is going on, God? Yeah, process, but you know what? God's grace, gracious, gracious and kind, and he loves to do that stuff in a moment, too. Mm -hmm. Who's got faith for it? Amen. Amen. He wants to do it tonight. Amen. So we're going to talk about justification real quick. And the reason I want to, I think next week we're going to talk about sanctification, if I have the ability to. And uh, I think the reason why is because justification talks about our standing with God, right? We're somehow justified before this holy, eternal God. Us. Think about your life of maybe the past, you know, year. Forget year, ten minutes. <laughs> An hour, two hours. Think about your life. What goes through your mind, your heart? Think about us as humans. Frailty, right? Weakness. Inherently sinful desires trying to rise up and, and capture us and move us, right? And I want to talk about justification. How is it that us being the way we are as humans can find a place of right standing before a holy and perfect God? How is that possible? It's a, it's a basic teaching, but I think it's so foundational for us in our hearts so that we can move on next week to a message of sanctification. Sanctification basically means you're setting yourself apart for God. And I think a lot of times people don't want to hear sanctification because it's not, full, it's not, it's not uh, coming after justification. So it becomes about a workspace thing in their mind. Even if it's in the right spirit in their mind, there's this grace message. So it's like, you know what, I, I can't hear sanctification because you're talking about earning my salvation. Clearly in the Word, in Romans chapter 3, it says you can't earn your salvation. It's a gift of God. You know, no one can boast. And this is true. That's why I want to lay the foundations of justification. And then next week we'll talk about the fruit of sanctification out of that place. So guys, get a little teachy here. That's alright. Give your heart to it. This is a good good top. Martin Luther, he was a reformer in the church. There was throughout Jewish culture up until Jesus, obviously the requirements were to come before God was the law, the law of Moses. And these requirements that men and women just realized we cannot live up to this. It was just constant heartache, constant falling away, constant failure. All through, all through history, they just, oh, do not sin, do not steal. All these things, they tried so hard in their own strength to accomplish the requirements of the law to stand before God, this holy and perfect God justified. And uh, it was not working. So Martin Luther broke in the scene, and I'm trying, does anyone know? I, I'm forgetting the year around Martin Luther, a reformer in the church, basically rebirthed this message. And the church was basically, anyways, Martin Luther, basically in his time, the church, only few people could, could read and understand scripture. And um, he was 
it was taught, and there was a lot of financial gain reasons in the church, unfortunately, why it was being taught, that you had to earn your salvation, that you had to work. It was a workspace relationship with God, and you had to uh, give yourself to this place of working and earning and, and gaining favor with God by something you're doing. And uh, he, he, he was so messed up because he tried so hard. This guy would literally take the scripture Paul talks about beating his flesh into submission, and he would beat himself. This guy of sincere heart, was trying everything he could to make himself right, to have the right devotion life, to have the right prayer life, to have the, the, the right uh, outward perspective in life, but he fell short every time. It's basically like this. You're holding out the Bible, and this represents, what does this represent? It represents our own strength to carry out all the requirements of this Bible. There's a law at work, right? What law is at work? Anyone know? Gravity. Right? Yes, you're right. Sin. Sin and death. That's the parallel. So we got a lot of work. I'm doing this. Oh, man, I feel good. I just spent two weeks. In my own mind, I haven't sinned. Uh, besides the pride of thinking that I'm that good. And then uh, <laughs> and I'm doing so good. I'm working so hard. I'm, I'm making this work. Here we go. Yeah. I said no. Every time temptation came up, I said no. I just said no. Here we go. Oh, man, I was getting tired again. But I'm getting stronger. Every time I do this, I get stronger. I'm able to do it a little bit longer. You know what happens? Gravity, the law of sin and death, will what? It will always win on your own ability. The law of sin and death proved over all history, all throughout the word, that it will win over time. For some reason, we pick the Bible back up. Oh, okay, God. Oh, please love me. I'm trying so hard. Guys, I understand the sincerity of that place. And I'm not trying to hurt that at all. What I'm trying to do is bring clarity to that place. Because it's so important that you guys do not present yourself in a place of, God, I'm trying so hard. Why can't I get this? Because you know what? The fruit is death. The Word says, not me. The Word says it's death. The fruit of doing things in your own strength and trying to present yourself rightly before God. A righteousness, it talks about in Isaiah 64, it says, a righteousness that comes from the law is like, Filthy rags, menstrual rags. That's how descriptive he got, right? Filthy rags. I know, it's pretty sick, but gives a good imagery of what they are before God. How good we think we are, right? Of presenting our, our good works before God. Apart from Jesus in our life, that is what it looks like to God. I know that it can hurt. It can hurt my own heart times. So anyways, we need basically a greater law to take place in our life over this law of sin and death, of gravity that's taking place, where we're not trying to earn God. It, you know, we're not trying to, to, to fill all the requirements of this. And I bought this. I was trying to find a helium balloon. I know it's fancy. It's a law of spirit of life. It's greater than law of gravity. It floats, you know. You get it. And it's a valentine from Jesus to you. Just by simply receiving Jesus in your life. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> but seriously though, God wants us to enter in to a greater level of faith, a justification, a right standing before God through something not of our own, but by faith. And He did it because all history was proven through humanity that they were not able to do it. He said, I want to do it this way so no one can boast. That it's not about a worker trying to earn wages before me. Right? It's a free gift. It's a free gift from God. Salvation. What's the opposite side of salvation? I'm not going to get into it, but eternal separation from God. Torment it talks about. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, I don't like to talk about hell much, but 
You know what's the truth? The, the, the other side of this thing is eternal separation from not only Jesus and the purposes of God on his life, but eternal torment and, and weeping and gnashing of teeth, separation from all that you were intended for. So anyways, let's read a couple, let's, let's read a couple of verses. You guys grab your Bibles real quick. We're going to open up um, Psalms 130 verse 3. And I just want to show through the scripture, because, you know, it doesn't matter what anyone, regardless of me or anyone else, gets up in front of you, no matter how persuasive they sound behind the pulpit, if it's not in scripture, do not believe it. Seriously. Do not believe anything that you hear that is not proven over and over again in this word. So we're going to go ahead and prove it. 130 verse 3, Psalms 130. If, if you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? The next verse, 143 verse 2, Psalms 143 verse 2. And do not enter judgment with your sermon, for in your sight no man living is righteous, it talks about. I also wrote down this, it's out of Romans chapter 3, and it's, it says, All of us have become like one who is unclean, it's out of Romans 3. All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous acts are filthy rags. He was quoting Isaiah 64, 6, God condemns all as sinners. There is no one righteous, not even one. All you have turned all have turned away. There is no one who does good, not even one. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This is so key as Christians to understand. I know this is simple, guys. I know for some it's it's very simplistic message, but we need to understand it's good to revisit this continually just to give sharpness to why we're doing things in life. And um, just want to say, guys, throughout the word, it clearly, I mean, it even, and, and you know, you say, I've lived a good life. You know, you know, you guys have heard, I've lived a good life. I've, I've never cheated. I never, I never robbed. I never murdered. I never committed adultery. I did, you know, I'm not a bad person. But you know what? Unfortunately, God doesn't judge us by what we consider a sinful person. He judges us by his law. And no matter it's saying throughout Scripture, no matter who you are, without Jesus, that you are going to be found guilty. No matter how good you were, there's at some point, it says, I heard an analogy, it's like a chain with a thousand links in it. And all those links are all those good works you did, obedience to the law, like Paul said, never failed. But at one point, in one moment, he told one lie. Or he gossiped about it. It's as simple as that. He gossiped about somebody. Right? It's the gossips, believe it or not, are numbered with those who shed innocent blood in the in the Old Testament in Proverbs. If you slander somebody, you're literally in the, the category of abominations before God with those who shed innocent blood. I know, just a little tidbit for you. It, what it needs to do is these scriptures and that type of understanding is be like, oh shoot, I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> really? Come on. Yep. Yeah. I have no. How am I going to do this? Yeah. I've been trying so God. I've been trying so hard to please you, God. Mm. It all counts. Let's read James two ten because it's the clearest verse on it. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he's become guilty of the whole law. Yikes. Right? We're screwed without Jesus. We commit it. No matter how good you guys are, compared to the holiness of God, you will never be received, no matter how good you are in your own estimation. Hard facts that you need to know. 
no matter what you do, no matter how hard, I just keep saying it, you will not be able to stand before God because He won't judge you according to your own standard of what sin is, but according to what His standard of sin is. And we have all stumbled at some point in the road. But thank God for the purposes He had through Christ Jesus. Because He broke on the scene, it says, in the fullness of time, Jesus was born. At the right time in history, when there was the frailty of man was in maxing and it was at the forefront, like it was throughout all history, God decided to bring in Jesus to fulfill something that we could not do. And not just our own lives. History couldn't do. No one, not one person, it said, could do it. I know it's a simple gospel, guys, but this, is, this needs to be understood. Romans 3, 3 verse 20. By the works of the law, or in other words, by obedience to the law, no flesh, no person will be justified in his sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. What a hard revelation for this Jewish culture that for the last um, 2,000 years had built a whole culture around obedience and earning standing and favor from God from that place. And all of a sudden this new message comes in. That's why all these Pharisees, these people, they just studied, that's what they did all day, every day. They studied, studied the, studied the Word, studied the Old Testament, to, to, so they'd be ready when their Savior would come. But what happened in their own mind is, is, is they, they looked for something in Jesus that He wasn't yet to bring. It was in His second coming. And they missed Him. They, they merely brushed shoulders with the one they'd given their whole life to studying about and waiting for. I don't want to be counted among them. I gave my whole life for something and then just to brush shoulders with them? You're like, I don't know Jesus like that. My Jesus loves, my, my God loves me. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter about what our, what our thoughts are, about who He is, who He is, who the Word says He is. Amen. Unless we approach Him on His terms, it doesn't matter. Come on. So you need to know this. By the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in His sight through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Let me see here real quick. Basically showing, I like the little analogy thought of, it's like an x-ray. The law is like an x-ray, right? Let me think how I said this. Basically, an x-ray gives you insight into the problem, but doesn't give you any way of fixing the problem, right? That's what the law did. It showed that we we're sinners, it says there. That's all the law was for. It was a devastating reality, but it, that's all it was there for, to show that humanity were sinners. That we couldn't that we needed a savior, that we needed somebody to redeem us. And that's why the law was there. And that's why uh, Jesus had to come as the pure and spotless sacrifice for our sins. Then justification by faith. I like Philippians chapter 3's description of this. Basically, what we talked about a little bit before says, Paul says, although I myself 
might have confidence even in the flesh. If anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day. This is all stuff to do with the law. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was of the nation of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. As of the law, I was a Pharisee. The best place you could be in accordance to the law. As to zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. As to the righteousness which is in the law, I was found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in the view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that by I get, would gain Christ, and may be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith, that I might know Him in the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death, in order that I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Galatians chapter 3, Paul was confronting, uh, in the Jewish culture, you know, so, so rooted in works, right, works-based religion, Paul, Paul, and this is, this is a word we can take because it's where we can tend to go sometimes as Christians, where we, where we start in this place of receiving by faith, right, the imputed righteousness of God that he sees us through the blood of Jesus on our life. Right? That's the way, if you're a believer in Jesus and that you've received Him in your life, you receive the forgiveness of sins through the faith in His, His blood and His sacrifice that was done on the cross. That the righteousness of God, the righteousness of Jesus is on your life and that's what God sees. That's how you are considered before God. The righteousness of Jesus. Even in frailty, even in weakness, past, present, future sins, been covered in the place of faith with God and that you have been seen as one that's being able to be taken. Although sin... Robbed your life for all those years. Even in the Christian years, maybe you gave yourself to that works-based religion. No fruit, struggle, try, try, try. But you never knew in a real experience, personal experience with God in your heart, in your life. Paul, Paul Peter, another the, the man that Jesus, while he was living, said specifically of this man, Peter said, I'm going to build my church on, the revel on this revelation. Peter was one of the closest disciples to, um, to Jesus. And he was getting intimidated by Jewish culture once again to kind of intermingle again the importance of circumcision or, or just things of the law, obedience to the law. Paul comes in and he just starts to rebuke. He said, you foolish Galatians, who's tricked you? Before your eyes, Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. This is the only thing I wanted to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit of God because of your obedience to the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now trying to be perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and work miracles among you do it because of your works of obedience or by your hearing of faith? And as Christians, at times, we almost, because of our human understanding of relationship, we want to 
especially when we feel like we're offending the one that we love, right? We feel like we need to earn his love back. We need to feel like we need to earn our standing with him back by coming to him and just saying, God, I, I give you, you know, those, those all to God. I give you my whole life, God. You know, I'm going to try so much harder this next time. There's an identity, basically, that, this, that God wants us to come into as the body of Christ. And it's an identity of sons and daughters that by faith through Jesus, we become into right standing before God. That that's all it takes. That's a hard thing to hear that none of your good works will ever strengthen or weaken that position. You aren't saved by your obedience. You won't lose your salvation by your obedience. It's a thing of faith. Your standing is by faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ. And God's saying, don't go back to that place of trying to earn my love, trying to earn my favor, trying to earn your standing with me. And this, the, the tough thing is, is these two realities look so similar on the outside. The person who's trying so hard to please God and the one that has uh, righteousness imputed on the inside and as a result, the fruit of the Holy Spirit outworking in their life. So you've got a person that's obedient on the outside and a person obedient on the outside. The difference is this, is one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. One is a produce of self-control. And one is self-controlling self, right? Does that make sense? So it's like, it's like producing fruit of the flesh by abstaining from things in your own strength. God never called us to convert our old nature. We were it was never intended for us to convert those old desires. It, we were called to put it to death. That's what Paul continually hammered home. He said, why are you still trying to battle? He said, Colossian church, he said, they conform to these rules and regulations. Do not touch, do not taste. All these rules and regulations that you put, that's not what God has for you. Your heart, by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, by faith in Jesus, will outwardly change everything that you do. Why are you trying to perfect your life now by works of obedience, of struggling to be right before God, rather than standing in relationship with God, right standing through the righteousness of Jesus that was gained by faith alone, and allowing the Spirit to work out in your life every good and pleasing thing to the Father. So important to get that concept. They can look the same, but they're drastically different. And I just want to basically uh, just open up here at the end for a time of some prayer. Daryl, if you want to get into a time of prayer here. If you do, simply, I, you know, I'm a better uh, sharer than, than trying, to, trying to go through notes and, you know, trying to express, you know, bullet points. And uh, simply, I believe what God wants to do in our hearts is he wants to adjust our perspectives before him. He wants to adjust how we view him, how we approach him. That we don't come to him on our own terms, we come to him on his terms. We don't try to work to gain favor and standing with God, but we believe that he has given. It's like Christ died for nothing on the cross if you could gain right standing before God by your works of righteousness. If you could earn favor, Christ didn't even have to come. He did it all for you. And stepping into that will cause the result. This builds a platform to the message of sanctification because these two things are married. This message calls you to giving your life to Christ in every area of it. Before we move to a time of ministry, because obviously we want to give time for you guys to respond, um, we're just going to do something. Uh, I'm sorry, it's probably going to be inconvenient for the first two rows. But if we could just move the first two rows of chairs to make room for the altar call. Uh, secondly, uh, we want to dismiss anybody who feels released to go. Uh, but if you want to respond to the Lord, we encourage you to, to respond correctly as the Holy Spirit 
uh, polls on your heart. If Brian and Simeon and Thomas can organize moving these first two rows. So if you're going to leave, don't, don't worry about it. We're cool. Uh, but I want to encourage those who might uh, leave and not respond. I want to encourage you to follow this message out even next week. I think that there's uh, so much more that Noah's going to touch upon uh, next Sunday. And it really is a two-fold uh, message, justification and sanctification. Man, I, my heart just burns for this. Uh, I think, you know, he, he, he gives references. This is just the one, two, threes. Um, just move to the side, guys. Uh, the one, two, threes of our faith. But, hey, you know, some of the one, two, threes can be so neglected and so misunderstood as many times as we've heard it. it Jesus wants it to become a living reality within us that it actually affects us something really significantly. Uh, so again, we want to uh, offer some time of prayer. Um, just a couple announcements that I, I forgot. I know many of you guys have asked, I, I don't want this to dumb down, this altar call. <laughs> you know, I don't want to dumb down. I really want, don't want to do that. But I realized that I missed some couple things. Many of you guys are coming to me about the new facility that we are um, <clears throat> trying to gain access uh, with. Uh, it's been hard. Um, we have um, failed to reach the man who makes the decisions. We've just been able to talk with some of his um, workers that work for him, and um, with always the expectation that he's going to call us and call us and call us and call us, he never does. So me and my wife both have pursued um, them, you know, rigorously, and it's just not clicking. But we're not stopping. We're still shooting for um, the ART theater near Harvard. So just pray for us. You know, it's just time to get out of this house uh, on Sundays. But, you know, I'm thankful that we have it. You know, I, I, I'm really not a church-as-usual kind of guy. You know, I, I good, big facilities and stuff, doesn't really, it doesn't really impress me. It's when it's, when it's inside those facilities that impress me. Uh, so, but just continue to pray for us that God might open a space that we can just be able to grow and go forward as uh, we see fit to as a church. Also, February 22nd. Right? Is that the last? Is it? Is that the last? Uh, we're all s- scrambling for our. The next 29th? The 29th. No, it's not the 29th. It's the 26th. It's the last Sunday of February. February 26th, we're going to have another like potluck, potluck type just fellowship dinner like we had a couple months back. We just loved it. It was good to just get to know each other and just break bread and fellowship. Um, we're going to do it differently this time. We're going to really pull on some of you guys to just provide some of the uh, food. Listen, if you have not yet liked us on Facebook, like us on Facebook, okay? Become our friends, not because we, you know, we would like to be your friends, but uh, like us so that you can message us on what it might be that you could bring for this um, potluck on February 26th. Um, so just go like us, message us on something like if it's drinks, if it's some sort of dessert, whatever, salad, uh, a main course, whatever it might be. Just message us so that we can be organized and have the right things in place to just feed those who come. Amen? Listen, let's respond to the Lord accordingly. If you feel just the tug of the Spirit of God, so many things in so many ways that we can respond to the Lord, uh, you know, in regards to this message. If you feel uh, like the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart to respond in any way, I would encourage you, let's come up, let's build an altar, let's pray for one another, uh, that these truths might be ingrained in the inside of us. Not just a mental ascent, but a living reality where we're not working for salvation. We're not trying to work for the love of Christ, but through what Jesus did, we already have it. 
And I don't know about you, but that is a that is a war inside of me. That is a war inside of me just to gain that living reality in my heart and in my mind. Again, those who are free uh, and want to go, feel free. Those who want prayer, Noah, you can close it out as you see fit. Amen. Amen. I do want to provide that opportunity. If there is this something inside you at any point in tonight where you do not know Jesus in this way. You don't know Jesus as a living God. You didn't know Him past religion or past good works or past some good concept. I just want to provide opportunity too for that. For you to come up and just really connect with, with uh, either me or Daryl up here. But we just want to walk, talk with you, pray with you, and we want to, we want to make sure you leave here knowing Jesus because He is so longing for your heart. He's so longing to be involved in your life and in every aspect. And I promise you it will not disappoint. It's, a, it's about coming into true destiny and purpose with God. Amen. Father, we just bless you tonight, God. We just ask, God, that your word would dwell in us, God, that it would challenge us, that it fill us, God, that it would constantly adjust our perspective and our understanding of you. And uh, we just simply ask, God, use frail words, God, to, to speak to your people, God, and, and, and do something that has lasting fruit, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So those who want to respond to the Lord and get some prayer, come on up. Again, as you leave, I'm going to have a basket out there. We want to send Gloria Engel to Uganda for a three-week three missions trip. So if the Lord puts it on your heart to sow a seed into that missions trip, just drop it in the basket that's out there in the entrance. Wait, Crystal, if you could go out. But let's respond to the Lord, those who want prayer. Amen. Grace, you showed me grace. You lifted my strength. Throw me with love.
upon this company, God, that Lord, there will be such messages of truth that would provoke our hearts into righteousness and holiness. God, I ask, Lord, we trust in you, Father, to finish that which you've started tonight. In many of our hearts, Lord, we ask.